Hello and welcome to another This Is The Music podcast. This week I'm joined by Ollie, Lewis and Declan from Sharp Class, who on Friday are releasing their new single, Living For Kicks, which is a real mod-sounding record, taking influence from The Who, The Jam and The Kinks, to name just a few. It's a great song and I've played it daily since I first received it. Guys, thanks very much for coming on today. How are you all doing? Fantastic. Yeah. Pretty good, pretty good. It's our pleasure. Doing pretty good, yeah. Good, great to, uh, as I say, great to have you all on. Um, so to kick things off, um, can you tell the listeners a bit about how you, how the band started, um, how you all met, and how the name of the band came about? Yeah. Um, so we formed in two thousand and seventeen. Is that right? Yeah, two thousand and seventeen, so, wasn't yeah. it? Um, we was in like a, yeah third year of secondary school so year nine um and me and we had all taken our options at school me and deck taught music um and then deck i remember you had to learn an instrument um yep. i think you picked guitar first yeah piano. and then you piano gave first. it off for two weeks and was like yeah i'm gonna do the drums it's cooler <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. <laughs> Much cooler. Yeah, we went through all of them. Um, yeah. Um, and then we was like, oh, do you want to want to play together? So we did a practice room uh, rehearsal at lunch times, and then Lewis joined in when we met outside of a guitar lesson, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Is that right? Was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you used to have your um, lessons before. So yeah, you had your lessons, and then I'd wait after, and then we'd like have like a little conversation, like in between, like you yeah. finishing yours and um, me starting mine. So and then it just kind of was like, oh yeah, do you wanna do you wanna come to the practice room at lunch, um, and play with us? And that was literally it. it just kind of yeah went up from there. Yeah, and uh, am I right in thinking um, you weren't originally called Sharp Class? You had a, you had a different name for the band, yeah. is that right? Yeah, we were called Subculture. You can see the old drum skin behind me, the very first yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> we we <laughs> made it, <laughs> made it in our back garden. That spray painted that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we was called Subculture. To be fair, we did have a few before, but it was nothing that really stuck. You oh, know, yeah. Like, you, you go through a few, don't you? And you're like, oh, yeah. And then you change it every week until you land on one you like. Yeah, pretty much. And and that's basically the reason for the change then from, from subculture to to, 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 uh, to sharp class, that you weren't that keen on it and, and it, it stuck. It wasn't that we weren't keen on it. Um, we actually really liked it, but the problem was that mm. there was other bands called Subculture. Right. Quite um, yeah, there were quite a few, and we'd actually have run-ins with other bands called Subculture. Oh, no. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it got to a point where it was like, oh, if we want to kind of do this properly, we've got to change the name. There's, we can't, we can't stop name. them. Yeah, we can't stop them. So the only thing we can do is go, right, we've got to change the name. So okay. the funny funny thing was as well is that this running went on for a long time oh yeah it's 
he kept coming back and was like, oh, yeah. yeah. It's just like a little blip for like... Yeah, every, every now and then. Every, every and couple then of months. He would, he'd go away for like four months and yeah. come back and just have another dig at us. And then it didn't really, go away yeah, again. It, it didn't really bother us though. Um, it was just kind of like, yeah, maybe we should change the name. We just but, kind of like took it the chin, didn't we, really, yeah. I suppose. Oh, oh, okay, excellent. Sounds um, sounds like got a bit heated there for uh, for a little while. I'm glad that you managed to resolve it and uh, a bit more mature, yeah. shall we say, than the uh, than this other band that you've just mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, what um, what music are you guys listening to? Are you into any new stuff at all, other than yourselves, or are you sort of into the old, you know, sort of the I guess the classics, shall we say? I'm more into the classic stuff. Like I still listen. I, I love listening to mod punk, ska music, soul music. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really a fan of the the more modern songs. I'm like a, that old kind of genre. That's my that's yeah. my thing. You're, you're to, old soul. Yeah. Old soul. <laughs> yeah, that's my uh, that's the stuff I listen to. Yeah. Oh, okay. What about you, Lewis? Is there any anyone for you at the minute? Or um, I listen to. I wouldn't say everything because I don't, um, but I do kind of like my, I'd say more noughties sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, I, look, I really like the classics, like your 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, but I do kind of pick and choose um, in the, like, the noughties bit. Um, and that's just kind of, I've got a wide music taste. I've got a wide range of music that I like, so... I mean, one minute I could be listening to something from the 70s, which could be mod, punk or ska. I could be listening to something from the 80s that could be a bit more uh, kind of rock sort of uh, scale to- towards it. And then like, I could listen to something from the noughties that's probably a bit more alternative. Uh, I just like a lot of different music. Sure, sure. And what about you, Ollie? Are you, are you more on Lewis's sort of wavelength um, that or, or more of Declan's or completely different well <laughs> at the minute at the minute um I'm kind of very classic um more vintage and retro kind of mm-hmm. music yeah um as one might say but yeah I mean when you're growing up you kind of go through loads of different phases don't you so um <laughs> but I've, yeah I've kind of stuck on you know the classic kind of 60s 70s 80s um kind of stuff and there was moments when i was into like a lot of um (laughs) noughties and different music but it never really stuck um so it's put in i think though there's (laughs) certain people like you could have yeah like you've got certain people who'd listen to like loads of different people um like all on one playlist or whatever but then you get like some people that will just have like a moment where they're into this one band and that band is only on for the next howsoever months. Um, and I think with the um, music like that, because we, we used to be a bit like that, didn't we? We kind of went for a phase where, I don't know, in year eight or nine, we'd listen to this band and then a bit yeah. later on, the next band. <laughs> That's that's what it's like though, isn't it? Growing up, you're kind of discovering music and stuff. But I've kind of mm. settled now at the minute. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. A lot of my favourite bands are just kind of classic: the Kinks, the Jam, Tall Faces, the Who, 
Um, and then I'll just kind of pick and choose, um, like just kind of different songs from different artists, um, like a lot of kind of soul and stuff like that, or blues. I love my blues music, um, rock and roll, you know. So, yeah, that's kind of where, where I'm at. Mm, okay, excellent. There's um, definitely some stuff there, I think, for people to maybe try and uh, listen out to, especially I'm personally speaking sort of on the blues and and the soul side. I'm yeah. very naive to it. Probably need to get some records on. And Oh, uh, it's brilliant. I mean, blues, blues was like <laughs> what got me playing guitar. That was like one of the first things I learned was blues, and it was like, yeah. oh, this is good. So... <laughs> So, um, as we mentioned, obviously, at the top of the show, um, you're obviously just days away now from releasing your new single, Living for Kicks. Yes. Um, I'm guessing you guys must be pretty excited um, to be getting the song out there. Um, Always. What was, the, what was the influence behind the song and uh, what what is it about, if anything? Um, Living for Kicks. It's well, The influence behind the song was kind of the people that were, we would see kind of hanging around um, or I would see hanging around kind of walking home from school and things like that. And the people in the town that we live in um, kind of very more, much more observing and like an observing eye um, for things. And it's kind of like story, a story tell, telling kind of theme, but also not at the same time. Um, it's kind of universal like everyone can kind of connect with it it's yeah. kind of it's about kind of well, the phrase live for kicks um, how do I put this Simple, simply <laughs> it kind of talks about the the idea that we're all kind of living for kicks but we don't really know it we're just kind of going through life Um and it's kind of questioning maybe we're just kind of all looking for the same thing and all do like doing what we do for the same thing which is living for kicks you know we just want to live for kicks um and it kind of plays with the idea that everyone does it differently good you know and that can be good or bad yeah um and that's kind of, that's kind of like the main where the idea came from in i mean the chorus is literally is lymph kicks the um the subconscious idea you know that's in everyone that's the lyric um because i think that's what it is it's kind of like the sub it's subconscious you know we're not we don't think about oh i want to go out and live for kicks it just kind of you know it's kind of happens and yeah sure it's something that's kind of implant implanted in our heads so sure okay so um also as part of this release which is very uh, very rare uh, in this day and age, you've obviously got the uh, B-side on there called uh, Time Meant Nothing For Me, uh, which to me is a, a brilliant song. Um, and I think probably, yes. an a, which uh, I think could have been an A-side as well. Um, what was the thinking behind releasing a, um, a B-side? Um, and were you um, taking influence from the likes of uh, sort of like Paul Weller um, and Noel Gallagher for releasing um, B-sides that are equally as good, if not better, uh, than an A-side? Um, that's always kind of been our thing, to be honest, is we never wanted to kind of think of it as a B-side as, oh, it's just a B-side. Yeah, yeah. You know, like a, throw, like a throwaway song. Yeah. Um, it's Because that, that's just pointless way of thinking, really. 
Um, I feel like it, as well it, that we didn't want to outweigh each other. Yeah, yeah. It, it's trying to it's trying to find a, a lot of the time when it comes to like releasing a single because it's we get it put out on vinyl through Heavy Soul Records. Um, you know, we need a B side, and a lot of the time we'll have the A side in our heads and it'll be like, yes, oh, this will be a great A side, and then we'll look through like a catalogue of songs that we've got and go. Oh, th- maybe this one, maybe this one. Oh no, that's too good for a B side, kind of things like that. Yeah. Um, so what I, what I would do is I would go away and write a song, you know, for the B side, um, which I've done that quite a few times. And what I think that does is it kind of makes me think, what would fit this? Even though it's two songs, what would fit the theme of this single? Right. Um, and I, yeah, I kind of went away and wrote this song, and it's again, it's kind of about being, you know, young, um, growing up, which kind of ties in with living for kicks. Um, you know, time meant nothing to me, um, but yeah, it kind of worked out quite well, to be honest. And uh, it what it came it came quite quick, the B side, to be honest. Um, you know, some songs are really hard to write, some come really quickly, and I believe. Time meant nothing to me. It was one of the first things I played on the guitar when I picked it up. That first like um, intro bit, yeah. that was it. And then it was kind of like, yeah, this is cool. So that's pretty oh. much it. Yeah. Well, as, as I say, I, I, I think it's a um, really, really great song. Um, and Cheers. It could easily could have been a. Uh, I know you've explained the process, but easily this could have been like the lead song, if you like, out of out yeah. the release. Um, so we just you briefly touched on there um, the process for writing the songs. Um, how does, do you always come up with like the words and, and the guitar part, or do uh, Lewis and uh, Declan do you come up with either your bass line or your um, or your drum beat and the songs built around that, or is it the other way round? How does it how does it work? Yeah, it, excuse me. It's like. I'll, I'll I'll write the song, um, the lyrics and the guitar, and then that that's like the bare bones of it. Yeah. Um, like the skeleton of it, if you feel. Skeleton. Um, yeah. yeah. And then it will be if there's just something that I've got, like if it's one bass riff or one drum beat, I go oh, oh, and I've got. And when we take it to practice, I'll go oh, I've got this certain bit in my head, and then the rest is just kind of like, you know build it up from there um yeah, yeah sometimes yeah sometimes it would just be i've got the lyrics i've got so let's you know yeah. see what happens sometimes yeah, it might just... be just i've got the lyrics guitar and then this bass riff and that's it and the thing is as well is that we could we well me and deck would learn the bare bones of it like just play a sim- simple like uh drum beat to it or just kind of your root note for yeah. how the song goes learn that as like a bass and then just expand on like the little gaps like where there could be little kind of silent points or just like those little maybe half beats or full beats where some we could try and make it a bit more kind of I like guess, the little nuances a bit kind of, yeah it can just kind of builds um, instead of going diving at first, going let's do this, 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 this. You know, it's like let's just 
play it. Yeah. Figure it over out. and over again. Yeah. <laughs> Figure it out on the job. Kind of thing, so Suppose the old yeah. school one. Yeah. Ah, okay. Well, good. I'm I'm glad. I'm, that's always one of the things that um, personally fascinates me, knowing how bands come up with the yeah. ideas and, and 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 the music behind it. it, it and that's a and that I say that that really interests me. So, thanks for uh, thanks for sharing that. Um, <laughs> so uh, obviously with the uh, COVID, thank God it's uh, nearly nearly over. We can get back to some normality. Um, it's obviously caused a lot of havoc for you guys. Um, so how did you go about recording Living for Kicks? Was it any different to anything else that you've recorded? You're able to get into the studio. Um, and was and as I say, was this any different to any of your, your previous songs that you've released at all? Well, this was actually a really good question because, <laughs> um, yeah, it, it kind of is. Um, Living for Kicks was recorded in the studio that we record at, Ruffle in Nottingham. Um, that was recorded on I know the day actually it was the 4th of October uh, 2020 to be precise um, <laughs> and that was that was Living for Kicks that was the, that was the, the one song Living for Kicks um, in the studio and then I went away and wrote Time meant nothing to me um, but obviously we couldn't record that in the studio um, but to be completely honest, um, the problem was was that we hadn't had any gigs for ages, you know. Mm-hmm. So there was no there was no like revenue coming in for the band. So it was kind of you know, streaming didn't really pay anything. So that was just kind of like <laughs> pence. Um, but yeah, there was there was kind of like no revenue coming in. So it's like, oh, what are we gonna do? So we <laughs> devised a plan. Um, luckily, we got Living for Kicks recorded, and that was like all oh, good. Um, and then we devised the plan for time at nothing to me. We'll go into the studio, record the drum part, um, because you know, that's the hardest thing to record. You know, he's got mics everywhere. Yeah. Um, so we did that, and then I recorded all the rest of the instruments at home. Um, so like the guitars, vocals, and then Lewis recorded his bass, um, just through my interface at home, uh, yeah. and then to save money. I'd, I'd done uh, music tech at college and thought, you know what, I'll put my skills to the test. And I mixed the entire single. Um, oh, wow. And then got it got it mastered. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm quite proud of it, to be honest. It's almost like it was a lot, it's a lot harder. It was a lot harder to get this single done <laughs> than any other single. <laughs> but we've done it. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of like a tricky one but we did it wow wow that's a well that's a very interesting story I've, again obviously i've to say i've got no no uh real proper understanding of of the um of the recording process but it sounds like you've been through a bit of a bit of an ordeal there yeah. to, to get this done yeah so. definitely. <laughs> it, i mean we still wanted to put something out that was the thing we didn't want to go almost a year or something without putting yeah. anything out so it's like we've just got to figure to something out. It, yeah, it's, it was more the fact of keeping people interested who follow us. Yeah, keeping um, it alive and keeping just, the flame burning. Just try and be as interactive as possible. Yeah, like kind of put posts out, reply to comments if we can't. Kind of do any sort of live performance. 
obviously release music when we can. Um, obviously, tough process of doing that. But it was just doing any little thing just to keep in touch with people who follow us, even if it's just like a message on Instagram or a message on Facebook, just anything, just even if it's like a five-minute conversation or an hour-long conversation, it's just kind of keeping those people who really do follow us by by the by the um single on iTunes or stream on Spotify. It's like the people who do like follow us like for every step of the way. Just it's just to keep those people interested, I think. Yeah, sure Dan. I mean luckily um which I'm gonna lead on to in the next question. Um you're with your social media feed this is how i come across you guys was um was uh through your cover on on instagram of um, waterloo sunset um obviously by the kinks um yeah your uh which was which was brilliant and i think you've done a beatles cover as well i think on there i think you guys want to train i think there was some clips that someone had put together i, I think i can remember um that was only- Oh, that was like, right. Okay. <laughs> um, and obviously just mentioning covers there, obviously we mentioned Waterloo Sunset. And obviously prior to that as well, you did um, uh, Give Me Some Love by Spencer Davis Group, um, which listeners, I'm sure there's someone out there listening to this. Um, if you haven't heard either version yet, uh, then I highly recommend that you, that you do because uh, the band have done really good uh excellent sorry cover i should say and have, have really done both songs uh, real justice um thank you so <laughs> no problem at all so what i would like to know is what was it about them two particular songs um that made you want to to cover them um and is there any plans in the future you know on future singles to, to maybe add another cover or anything like that at all yeah so i remember um this was quite a while ago this was like last summer um i did a cover of days by kinks um this is probably oh god june 2020 summer something like that um i did that and i made a video and it was you know it's quite i quite enjoyed it um but as like i said earlier when we was like we've still got to do something um i'd started recording a cover of Give Me Some Love Him and it just kind of came to nothing. It kind of left it. And then we, we was talking, we was like, what can we do to kind of keep, you know, keep the flame alive and keep doing something? Yeah. Um, and then that's where actually like the, the live streams and like we did the Christmas live stream that was like a full band set up. That's where that idea came from. Um, and then we came to the conclusion, let's, re- let's release properly like not just on youtube and things you know on the streaming sites a cover of a song and then i was like i've got a perfect idea i've got a cover that i was working on that i just left (laughs) off half done um so i kind of stripped that right back and built it from the ground up again um yeah and then we recorded that and decided to release that and uh it's a brilliant song so we was like this is great um, and it worked out in our favour as well because we were asked by the studio that we use to take part in a like a collaborative cover of Teardrops by Womack and Womack. Right. Which um, that came out on New Year's Day. And 
we went to the studio to do that as well. Um, and it worked out quite well because we did that. That got released. And then we'd already scheduled the release of Give Me Some Love in a month later. So it's like, oh, great. So that's something the first month, something the second month. And then we did Waterloo Sunset in March. Yeah. So it's like, you know, we can't, the first three months or four, four months because Living for Kings has gone out. Yeah. We've got something to put out. And um, yeah. yeah, we just felt really good about that. So yeah, that was it. That was literally it. And the great songs. Yeah, but they're both also the um, legendary songs, really, I think. And as yeah. I said, I think you, you guys have done, you know, a excellent version um, of, of both songs. Um, and, you know, credit to you, really. I think you can, um, it comes across to me how much, you know, sometimes bands just pick a cover just for the sake of doing a cover. That makes sense. Whereas I think your yeah. guys, your actual love for the songs in your playing, um, in my mind at least anyway, comes across and, and is really evident um, in that. So so credit to the three of you for, for, for that. Cheers. Um, Thank you. Appreciate it. it. <laughs> That's all right, not a problem at all. So um, obviously you guys have had some airplay uh, across the pond on the highly prestigious Rodney Bingheimer's radio show. Um, I hope that I've pronounced that right and been practising. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, no, 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 no. Right. <laughs> uh, and obviously, for those who don't know, he's the guy who gave, uh, is given plenty of airplay to the likes of Oasis, the Sex Pistols, the Ramones, uh, Blondie, the Smiths, and many, many more. Um, how did you feel when you found out you were getting that treatment? Um, and where were you at the time? Oh, you're brilliant. <laughs> yeah. It's just kind of like, oh. It's like, oh, wow, that's awesome. Brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, I think it was the first single. I think every single single or every single release we've put out has been aired on his show, which yes. just kind of is like, what? Because <laughs> it's the US. Yeah. You know, that's like 4,000 odd miles away, <laughs> which is kind of insane. Um, but yeah, we uh, we spoke to, um, we've kind of spoke to the person who kind of deals with all the music um, and she got in contact with us, um, which is kind of rare because a lot of the time it's, it's getting in contact with someone else. Yeah. Um, and we, yeah, that was like, well i think we was just at home you know probably just done a gig at the weekend and it was the week yeah um, and we we have like a group chat that all the bands on um and i think we were just like just got this email oh my god <laughs> um, yeah it was and we just couldn't wait to like kind of let everyone know that you know we've you know we're getting played in the US on on this guy's radio show Rodney. Um, yeah, it just felt kind of like surreal almost. Yeah, I, I, I can only imagine what that must have um, what that must have felt like for the three of you. Really, I mean to get mm. to get on that to get on that particular show or to get on any radio show, I'm, I'm sure is is pretty yeah. awesome. But I mean to yeah. someone who's held in such. Um, you know, high esteem, especially uh, obviously the bands that we've just mentioned, like British bands, um, mainly there. Yeah. I mean, that's that. I mean, that's the thing. He, he Rodney loves that kind of music. Yeah. You know, he, he's you just like 
we read up about him after we, you know, kind of got told we were getting played, and we was like, "Oh my god, oh this guy's the, this guy's the real deal." Um, yeah, he he loves our kind of music, which is brilliant. Um, yeah, I guess it's kind of perfect for us, really. So yeah, definitely great, yeah. great exposure, and hopefully that will lead on to well, firstly, obviously in the UK, we want more exposure here for you, but um, hopefully eventually that will lead to to bigger and better things over there as well for you guys. You um, never know. Yeah, fingers crossed. So, um, <laughs> so um, in your first year as a band, I believe you clocked up over 150 gigs, I believe that's correct. Um, so it's obvious to me that you guys clearly love playing live and, and obviously having seen some of the videos and stuff, it's a, a really energetic uh, performance. Um, so now, obviously, with COVID restrictions almost down, uh, I'm guessing that you're looking to getting back out on the road. What have you got any gigs planned, lined up at all? A few, yeah. I think. Yeah. Just a few. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I remember like the day that I can't remember what day it was. Really recent. Um, the day that they kind of announced things were kind of opening back up. It literally the fame was like off the hook. It was. People were just kind of contacting us, wanting gigs, and was like, "Yeah, we'll take them," because yeah, we'll it's it. been so long. Yeah, uh, it's kind of weird thinking about we haven't played in so long. Um, just kind of looking forward to get back to it. It's kind of what we love. Um, and to be honest, I always say, you know, I think the live show really makes the band. You can't you can't fake it on a stage. You can fake it on social media. You can fake it. You can have the lot. You know you can have the flashy photos, but you just can't fake it on the stage. And I just kind of we just love playing live, and it's kind of it's the foundation of what the band was built on. To be honest, you know yeah. that's where we started was playing live. So yeah, we just can't wait. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I I agree with that. I think you find out a lot about. Um, bands when they're you know when they're live and and you know what what they're about a bit more as as, as personalities as well as you say there's too much of this uh fakeness shall we say going yeah. on on, uh, <laughs> on on social media as i'm sure we all know <laughs> so um as we're on the subject there of live gigs um what would what's going to be on uh the sharp class tour rider tour first rider. gig back Ooh. um the jacuzzi, <laughs> uh, spa, you know, get pampered as we come off stage. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. No, uh, to be honest, on the tour rider, last bottle of beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've just I don't know. To be honest, I'll have a sausage roll after. Yeah, pretty simple. We we are we are so basic and simplistic. Yeah. We just go there, play, come home. You know, you know what they say: sex, drugs, and sausage rolls. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, that sounds about right. Yeah. Are you are you in the same camp uh, there, Declan? Or are you? Uh, <laughs> are you? Oh yeah, I love a good sausage roll. roll. Yeah, yeah, I love a good sausage roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> 
So, um, obviously, you mentioned there um, a couple of questions ago. Um, obviously, you released uh, some music in January, February, um, and obviously, we've got Living for Kicks coming up um, uh, in a couple of days' time. Uh, have you got any more plans for for uh, new music, or is that going to be COVID pendant, so to speak? Yes, we have. Um, oh, we got we're we... getting an exclusive here on the podcast. <laughs> Well, we've got a couple more singles that we want to put out. Um, and then we've been trying to get an album done for ages. But it's, uh, you know, 2020 wasn't the greatest year ever. Yeah. So that kind of didn't uh, go to plan, I think we can all say. Got so we had to like postpone yeah. a few things. Yeah. Just a few. Um <laughs> But yeah, we're basically working on an album um, and we're hoping to get that done uh, as soon as we can, get back in the studio and record all that. Um, but yeah, we've got a couple more singles. Uh, we want to do this album, get it out because we like albums. Um, a lot of people say <laughs> kind of it's not an album kind of industry anymore, but you can't beat a good album, can you? It's just... Definitely not. I mean, I, I mean, I've... I've bought albums for as for as long as I can remember, to be honest. Um, and I think the probably the only positive, if you want to look at it like that, with with COVID, is, is that I think it's actually encouraged more people uh, to sort of get back out there and and listen to albums. I think some of yeah. that has obviously been lots of guys that have done. Obviously, the most obvious one is um, Tim Burgess of his listening parties. Um, and there's obviously been uh, yeah. uh, Listen Up uh, Music, I think they're called, um, as well. They've, they've done their own ones as well. And I think that's actually encouraged uh, people either to dust off their, their old collection or even if they do only just go and stream it. I, I personally do think that there's still, a, there's still a market out there. And I think even with, um, with like vinyl record sales as well now, how much they're, you know, growing in... Um, you know, in, in popularity again, I, I think definitely anyone who says otherwise don't don't think they yeah. really appreciate it, I don't think. I think, you know, I think kind of like the album, it's just a lot, you know, the reason they say kind of singles, more over albums, because you can kind of put it out loads and loads. So we kind of tried to do the best of both worlds. Because um, last year when things kind of went all pear-shaped, we kind of made up a new plan. Um, in fact, Living for Kicks wasn't supposed to be a single. It was, it was, you know, we had almost reached the end of the single stretch that we wanted to do and had like one more single. And then we couldn't release the album. Um, COVID got away and things like that. Yeah. So it was like, let's just release more singles, push the album back and have a bit of fun releasing singles, music, but always have that that's that album's coming. Um, and we've actually kind of like reworked the album. I've kind of wrote new songs, written things. Yeah. Um, so, because it's just like the cohesion of it all. And I think when we have this album, it's just going to feel like, I don't know, like a, a really nice kind of bookend yeah. to like, like the first phase or something. Yeah. So, chapter. yeah. So, we just can't wait. Well, it's certainly, I've, uh, only fairly new to the band as you guys know but um it certainly sounds very exciting and um personally i'll, I'll definitely be looking you know continue to support you with the, with the singles and stuff and um when you do get around to releasing that album you can uh, i'll i'll definitely be uh 
be buying a, buying a copy or two. Um, so, <laughs> what? Um, growing up, what were uh, what are your um, earliest musical memories? Um, you've kind of touched on this already with with some of the bands or, or songs that, that maybe shaped you. Are there any any albums at all that that maybe that shaped your musical influences that we discussed earlier? Uh, I think I think there's some of it, yeah. Um there was this there was this one song always when I was a kid, like, I don't know, like seven or eight, and I'd always want to put it on in the car because my dad had the CD. And at the time I had no idea what the band was called, but I just loved this one song and it was the specials Ghost Town. And I don't know why, I just I loved the song. And then I just a few years later, I heard it again. I was like, oh, I recognise this song from when I was younger. And then it all kind of evolved from there. And that's like my first like, yeah. time experiencing that song. So that's kind of what shaped everything past there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. That's a, that's a really nice, um, really nice memory to have. <laughs> yeah. have really and you know i think that's great and what about um what about you lewis is that is um any any particular song or album at all yeah there's an album um so well kind of make it long story short um <laughs> my parents would maybe on a friday or a saturday night after they uh, had eaten tea would maybe have a drink and just like like a, a stereo on um or like a bluetooth speaker or whatever and I remember when I was a lot younger, because um, my mum and dad were more kind of on the rock side of things, so I grew up more more on the rock. Yeah. And my kind of first album that I remember properly listening to, I must have been six or seven, was uh, Slippery When Wet by Bon Jovi. Right, okay. Um, and that was because my mum was like the biggest Bon Jovi fan. She loves had a all, bit of Bon Jovi. Had, yeah, <laughs> she had T-shirts, all the albums. And, and I know, I suppose, that's their most famous album, but that's the first one that I kind of remember properly listening to. Um, she used to put it on in the car, like when I used to come back from football training. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it's just an album that kind of I always seem to go back to. So, I mean, I, I still listen and I still listen to it every now and again. Just, it's just for kind of good memories, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, love it. Yeah, exactly the same there as um, Declan. That's a really nice story and uh, great that you've got that memory as, as well. I think that's great. Um, and what about you, Ollie? Is there any, anything for you at all? Um, yes, uh, I think one thing I remember, um, when I probably four, I was like four years old, um, I was obsessed with the film Grease, like obsessed. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think I used to just put it on and just like run around the living room, um, jumping off the settee and things. And just like I'd know all the lyrics, I'd sing the songs, and I'd dance to it. Um, this is when I was like fourteen. I mean, four. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, this is when I was like dead young. Um, I think there's a video of it on like my my mom's old Nokia brick phone of me like running around. But I always remember. And then 
I hadn't watched it in years and it was on TV the night or the other month. And I was like, oh my God, I hadn't seen this in years. And I was reliving it. I was like, yeah, I could see why I was, I liked it. <laughs> that's kind of, that is like my first musical memory, I guess. Um, there were some questionable music choices from me throughout the years, won't lie. Um, but that was like the first one. I, I remember coming out of those sessions, just red hot and just, Sleeping straight away and just like four year olds do. So just reminds me, it's I'd like that video. Have, have, yeah, daily dose. Like your average four four year old is like daily dose of sugar. Olive's was like the daily dose of grease. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. It was exactly like that. Uh, but I don't blame myself, you know. <laughs> so, um, uh, Lewis, I'll, I'll go to you first on this one. Um, what was the first gig that you went to? Oh, gig that up. See, do we count pub kind of local pub gigs, or are we going for more well-known sort of things? Um, it's you can go with both if you want. This is entirely up to you. Okay. Um. So the first gig that I remember going to was in my local area when I must have been, I'd say, ten or eleven. Um, and it was on bonfire night, and I remember they used to just because they had they had a, a DJ on before, um, and then they had a band on, and I remember the DJ playing like all your big hits, um, like just throughout years, like you could have like your ABBA and just yeah. just your all sorts, <laughs> just your classic DJ sort of uh, music. And then I remember um, it it was these two country kind of singers um, and, they, and they'd play all country songs. And I just remember just kind of like watching them with my mum and dad and just bobbing my head, just kind of <laughs> humming along to it. Not really not knowing what was going on, but I was just like enjoying myself <laughs> in my own world and just enjoying myself. Nice. And what um what about you, Ollie? Can you remember? Uh, sorry, I've jumped there. Um, and and sorry, you said Lewis said um more established band as well. Can you remember that your first um, as well? Yeah. So, um, Ollie will know this one because we actually went together. Um, yeah. Oh, it was. Oh yeah. Surprisingly, it was a bit more of the pop punk phase. Pop we punk, wasn't it? And we went and saw Blink One Eight Two live. Oh, um, it was in Nottingham, wasn't it? Yeah, most point yeah. in Nottingham. Uh, so yeah, and that was for us. We was kind of like blown away, just like obviously big sort of stadium looking arena, and um, yeah. just kind of the whole shebang of a kind of live full on gig. Yeah, sure. Oh, well, uh, my um, my brother absolutely loves them. So when he listens into this, he'll be uh, he'll be very happy to, to hear that there is another uh, Blink One Eight Two fan out there. And, um, um, so De- uh, Declan, how about you? Um, I don't I don't really uh, remember like my first like just normal you know like pub gig. I don't remember that, but I do remember like my first ever like big. Well, kind of a band. It was uh, it was at Splendor Festival, which was actually that was also my first ever like proper festival, and it was Paloma Faith. Wow. Yeah, 
Good uh, Splendor. Yeah, Splendor <laughs> Festival. Uh, it was just because um, my dad was going with his mates, so I thought I'd tag along. Yeah. And that was like the big like end, big end to the festival. So that was, yeah, Paloma Faith. That was my first like big ever, <laughs> big ever gig yeah. festival thing. Okay, wow. <laughs> so a very, uh, quite a different, real different mix there, the one end of the scale to the other. But <laughs> hey, it's all good fun. It's all live music, so not a problem at all. Um, so, uh, so Shark Class are headlining a festival. Um, so and you get to pick uh, one band each. Um, it can be band can be split up. It doesn't doesn't matter too much. But uh, which one? Which band would you like to have supporting you uh, on that gig? Supporting us? Oh, oh, oh! <laughs> Are we doing it collectively or one each or pick a band each? Uh, yeah, pick pick a band each. Right, I'll let uh, someone else go first while I think about this. <laughs> Dak, do you want to go first? <laughs> Sorry, Dak. <laughs> I mean, I can, I'll, 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 um, I'll maybe make it a little bit easier. Or you, if you are struggling a bit, maybe you guys support. If there was one band each that you guys could could support, rather than you. Oh, I don't mind either way. Um, that'd okay, be great I'll, to have the who supporters. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think for me, like now, actually thinking of it, um, I'd like to have Queen supporters, and it's more based on the performing, the actual yeah. performance of Queen. Like, don't get me wrong. Their music is absolutely world class, anyway. But it's just their stage presence, the kind of connectivity with an audience from kind of being on a stage, um, and just the whole kind of they made it as extravagant as they possibly could um, with fireworks, all these big lights, and the the clothes that they wore. I think. I'd probably get a more enjoyable night with watching Queen perform as well. They're yeah. just, even though they're like not kind of a cup of tea as a band, so to speak, you can't get away from the fact that they are one of those bands that there will, there will never, ever, ever be another Queen, ever. Impossible. There will never be another Freddie Mercury. That's a fact. Yeah, I, they're just yeah, they're just one of those bands that you, you just can't. They will never be replaced ever. Um, and no uh, one's going to come anywhere close yeah. to write a song as good as Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can be like, oh, I don't like Queen or whatever. You just can't. It's like you can't take away from the fact that they were Queen. Well, <laughs> um, you can't not like Queen. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Yeah, agreed. I think I would go with. This is this is controversial, sort of, okay. because even though they're still around today, I think I've always said I would love to support, or in this case, have supporters, the original lineup of the Who. Um, sorry, Deck. It's <laughs> gonna be mine. <laughs> God damn it. Just yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It would be great to have 
the Who supporters anyway, you know, the Who that we have now, but the original lineup of the Who. Keith Moon. I think, yeah, I think, oh, you can just watch them for hours. They're just kind of. Not cases. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think we'd have to, we won't be able to share gear. Otherwise, we'd go in with no gear. Yeah. I'd end up with no drum kit. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there'd be that condition that you're going to have to bring your own gear, guys. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that would be the one for me. The original who. And what, uh, and what about you, Declan? Well, uh, that was going to be mine as well. Uh, <laughs> original who, obviously, I want to meet all of them, especially Keith Moon again, but he'd have to have his own drum kit because yeah. <laughs> I'll make mine as it is and not a bonfire. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to have to, even though Ollie said it, I'm, I'm sticking with it uh, for the same reasons as well. Uh, just an amazing, energetic, and again, no one can come close to Keith Moon and it's just absolute craziness. <laughs> <laughs> That's very, very... Except, except Declan Mills. No. <laughs> well, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, I I, uh, I couldn't agree with you more there about uh, Keith Moon and his, his craziness. I think that's obviously stuff of legends, and uh, oh, I yeah. like the and I like the uh, <laughs> and I like the addition of um, of Queen as well in that lineup. It's a good um, that's a good mix. Hey, oh, we, we could have we could have all three all three of us. Have a triple threat. <laughs> so, um, sadly, that is the end of the podcast. Um, massive thanks to Ollie, Lewis, and Declan from Sharp Class for joining me. Uh, it's been an absolute blast. I've had a great, great time, and I hope that you guys have um, as well. Um, oh, yeah, pleasure. Well, we have, yeah, definitely. Excellent. It's great to hear. Um, don't forget, um, Living for Kicks uh, is released on Friday, the 9th of April, available across all good streaming platforms um, and some rubbish ones as well. Um, don't forget to follow the band across their social media channels, buy their records um, and get down to a gig. Um, I wish you guys the best of luck for the future. Thank um, you. You certainly sound like you know exactly where you're going and where you want to go to um so keep doing what you're doing um to everyone else who's still listening um please click subscribe on your podcast listening provider and tell your friends um in particular uh, about the band because that's the most important thing and that's what we're all here for um so thank you very much for listening and until next time we'll see you all soon cheers goodbye cheers <laughs>